Hello and welcome to Heavenly Manna with Milton Harris. Now on today's broadcast, we want to go into the book of Hebrews, chapter number 7, and we would like to share with you uh, verses 20 through 28, and a thought that the Lord has laid on our heart here. Hebrews seven twenty, and as much as not without an oath, he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety for a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the Son who is consecrated for ever more so we have uh, such a high priest uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ and we want to go back to verse number 25 and he said that he is I say wherefore he is able also to save them to the other most and that's our thought today saved to the other most Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon the reading of your word as you promised it would not return void. Give us the right words to say during this time, and we'll be careful to give you the praise, honor, and glory. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name we do pray. Amen. Save to the uttermost. Let me just say that word uttermost means to be uh, entirely, completely, fully, but it also carries with it the meaning of unending it's you can never it never ends just continues out to the othermost and the lord jesus christ because he is uh there the great high priest because of christ's priesthood if you look and see in verses 23 and 24 it's uninterrupted death did not end it <laughs> uh no he is alive and well at the right hand of the father fulfilling uh, there the office of high priest after the order of Melchizedek. His priesthood is unchangeable, we see in verse 24. And in verse 25, we see his priesthood is unconditional. And because of that, he can provide complete salvation. And he has the ability, first of all, to save. As we look at this, he's, it speaks of his person. In verse 25, he says, Wherefore he is able to save unto the other most that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to inter 
to make intercession for them. We see because of this person here as the Son of God. He's uh, there, comes uh, there unto God uh, and intercedes on our behalf. And this speaks of his person as the Son of God. He's able to save because of who he is and what he's done. We also see that uh, it speaks of his power and his ability to save. Look at his conduct. He said, who need him not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sin and then for the people's, for he did once when he offered up himself. Look at his power. Listen, he didn't have to, Jesus Christ didn't have to offer sacrifice for himself because he was without sin, but he did sacrifice himself once and for all. Thank God. And that's what he said uh, there, did once. Thank God he's offered himself up. He has the power, the ability to save. It speaks of his person as the Son of God. It speaks of his power there because he is not dead. He is alive, and he offered up once and for all. But it also speaks of his performance. It's a work of grace. Thank God that we're saved by his marvelous grace. And he has the ability to save. And I'm glad because he has the ability to save. He can save us to the uttermost. So we see the ability. Verse 25 speaks of his persons. Verse 27 speaks of his power. And then the whole thing speaks of his performance, a work of grace. Thank God that he loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Glad to be a whosoever. Then, secondly, let's look at this, the activity of his salvation. If we look over in Ephesians chapter number 2, we can see the condition of the sinner. In Ephesians 2, let's look at verses 1 through 4. He said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. So let's just start right there. Let's look uh, at the condition of the sinner. First of all, we see in verse number one that uh, the sinner before saved and before we were saved, we were spiritually dead. He said, you hath he quickened, or quickens means made alive. While we were dead and our trespasses and sin, we had no hope, but thank the good Lord above for Jesus Christ and thank that we are now spiritually alive. We see that we were spiritually dead before we were saved, and that's the. If you're not saved today, that's your condition. That's the problem. We've got all these folks up in Washington that are spiritually dead. That they don't know the things of God. They can't comprehend the things of God. Paul said the natural man cannot understand the things of God. Neither does he receive, but because they're foolishness to him. 
And so we've got a bunch of folks, I'm afraid, in Washington that are spiritually dead. I got physical life, and as far as man goes and the worldly system goes, may be intelligent, but in the eyes of Almighty God, they're foolish, and they are spiritually dead. Then verse number two is not only are we spiritually dead, but disobedient. He said, "One time past, you walked toward the course of this world. We walked according to the prince of the power of the air and the children of disobedience." And so we see that in that spiritual, uh, that in that condition of being lost as a sinner, spiritually dead, disobedient. Verse number three, uh, there he said, "Among whom also you had a conversation in time past, and lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were the by nature the children of wrath, even as a." So we see we're depraved. I'm gonna tell you what, uh, if you're lost today, I, I'm just telling you, you're spiritually dead. You're walking in disobedience. You're depraved, as all of us were before we were saved. And then we were doomed. He said, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us. We were doomed without God's mercy, without God's grace, and without his love. And so the condition of the lost sinner right now is they're spiritually dead, disobedient, depraved, and doomed. And that was our condition before we were born again. But secondly, thank God for the compassion of the Savior. Oh, me. We find that he was rich in mercy. And verse number four, thank God that he's rich. In, you know, God's mercy is holding back what you and I deserve. God's grace is giving us that that we don't deserve. And God's love is making it available to us. And so we see in verse number four, God is rich in mercy. God is rich in love. Oh, listen, his love is unconditional. Let me say it's undeserving. And praise God, it's unending. Aren't you thankful for that? In verse 5, he said, Even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together in Christ. By grace are you saved. So he's rich in grace. So our Savior is rich in mercy. He's rich in love and rich in grace. We could just shout hallelujah right there, couldn't we? Praise his holy name. So we see the condition of the sinner, the condition of that lost person. They, we see the compassion of the Savior. But now, here, it's the conversion of the sinner. It begins with his grace. He said, for by grace, verse number, for by grace are you saved. It's by his grace. It's God that saved me. I didn't save myself. And my salvation, hey, listen, it's all in the hands of the Lord. And listen, Thank God for his grace. But then, think about this. Look at our faith. Our faith. He said, for by grace are you saved through what? Through faith. God allows us to have faith to trust him. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's our faith. So we're saved by grace through what? Through faith. We put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, uh, faith involves three aspects. We Hey, we've got to have a knowledge. We've got to have a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to have a belief in the Lord Jesus Christ that he is the Son of God. 
and that he did uh, come into this world and that he did live a sinless life and he died a sacrificial substitution of death on the cross, paid a price we could not pay, and that he rose again the third day. He appeared for some 40 days, ascended up, and he seated on the right hand of the Father. We've got to have that belief. But I'm going to tell you what, it's not till we trust him that we ask him, call upon him, we put our trust in him. It's one thing to have a knowledge. It's another thing to have a belief. But I'm going to tell you what, to have saving faith, we have to trust him. We have to call upon him and ask him to save us. So we see his grace. We see our, our faith. But what what is the gift? He said, it is the gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. He goes on to say that we are uh, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So thank God. Hey, listen, uh, I'm so thankful for his grace, for his love, for his mercy. Thank God that he allowed me to have faith to trust him for salvation, born again. Now, we've seen, I hear the ability to say, the activity of salvation, but the assurance of salvation. Romans 5.10 says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. Think about this in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul said, verse 17, And if Christ be not risen, your faith is vain, you are in your sin. Verse 19, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men, most men. But look at verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that sleep. Thank God. He, uh, Hebrews 9, 12 says, Neither by the blood of goats and calf, but by his own blood entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Thank God, because he lives, I live. Thank God I've got a new heart. First Corinthians five seventeen. So therefore, if man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Got a new heart. Got a new hope. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. And praise God, I've got, a, according to John 14, a new home. Praise God, I'm saved to the uttermost. Well, I'm out of time. Till next time, may the Lord bless is our prayer.